SV Pod is presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated daily fantasy app. Hey, it's Scott Van Pelt. Welcome to SV Pod. Just me and Steve this week talking about the tournament because what else do you want to do? Let's just chop it up, talk about who's still playing. Steve gets to stunt on all of us for the Pac-12. But here's a very important question. Does he believe any of those four can win four more games? That's what it would require for the uh, first Pac-12 title since Arizona. That was pre-2000, wasn't it? And reminder, before you make your picks this weekend for the NCAA tournament, check out Stanford Steve and the Bear podcast. Download and subscribe to Stanford Steve and the Bear and SV Pod wherever you get your podcasts. And action. We're at the Sweet 16 in the men's bracket, and the stories are many. Mm. We've got a record number of double-digit seeds that have advanced. We have the Big 10 and the Big 12 both absolutely peeing down their leg. I mean, collective catastrophe for those conferences. Were they the best two conferences during the regular season? I think. I mean, I think they were. I looked at Ken Pomeroy's rankings, and of the 16 top Ken Palm teams, 10 made the Sweet 16. Four of the six that didn't are from the Big Ten. Illinois, Iowa, Ohio State, and Wisconsin. Of them, I think the most crushing is Illinois. You have two guys that could have gone pro. They stay. But it's followed very closely, Steve, by Iowa. you got a four-year guy, a player of the year candidate in Luca Garza. You've got to make the second weekend if you're those two teams. We talked about it last night when everything was, you know, uh, the dust settled. Obviously, we knew, um, you know, we were texting back and forth in the middle, in the first half of the Loyola-Illinois game. I I texted you, I said, this game's over. They have no chance of coming back with the way they were trying to go about things against Loyola, whether it was on the offensive end or on the defensive end. They just seem lost. And Loyola is a team that, I find there are not a lot in the country because I really feel like all they want to do is get up in you and make you feel uncomfortable. Like they don't even feel like they, they don't even worry about scoring. They just want to get you so out of sorts and that you can just see they thrive off of doing that. And that's exactly what they did on the other side with, with, with Iowa. I thought it was absolutely genius again by Altman just to say, these guys want to run. All right, we'll show them what we got because we got way better athletes. Yeah. We got way more speed. They well, want to go for 100? Let's go. Let's show them. And, and that's, and see, that's what, what that was. What you're doing is is explaining what people just – it's not that people ignore it. It's just like we, we'd much rather have an all-encompassing headline, Big Ten sucked mm-hmm. and they're frauds, as opposed to – well, let's, hold on. Let's take, let's take this as it is. Mm-hmm. Oregon. Maybe underseated, more talented, more athletic. Than, Didn't have their than, whole team all, to, all, all together all year. Finally healthy. Yeah. Loyola, speaking of Ken Palm, that was the most unfair tournament game I can <laughs> imagine. That team's nine in Ken Pomeroy. Now, not everybody pays attention to analytics, but suffice to say that I think that's the most accepted of the, of the analytics. It includes a million different things. They're considered a top 10 team analytically, which means it was patently unfair that Illinois should have had to play them in that round and patently unfair to Loyola. They should have had to play a one. But mm. here's the thing. Just let's just take one snapshot because I do want to talk about Loyola quickly. 
what happened in that game was not an accident. It was an upset by seed and by, by uh, the Vegas line. But the game itself wasn't an accident. I tried to tweet something out about that, and it doesn't necessarily translate. What I'm saying is Abilene Christian beat Texas. They play that game 10 times. That's the one they win. You can't beat Texas shooting 30%. You just can't. But they, speaking of they want to get up into you defensively, which is what made UCLA's win over them so impressive because they were not flustered at all by Abilene's defense. That's their calling card. But like that, that felt like an upset because it felt like something that wouldn't happen again. Loyola beating Illinois, if they played them again tomorrow, I would I would expect Loyola to win because mm-hmm. they don't like and you know how often in football through the years, Steve, have we heard coaches and I think about Chip when he had it cooking with Oregon. Mm-hmm. They'd say, We don't really game plan for the opponent. We just we do what we do and we don't worry about you. Loyola doesn't give a who you are, what your seed is, or what you want to do. They're going to do what they want to do. And they have the seniors to do it. They have such high IQ guys and, and talented players. Um, but that, that that's a one-game snapshot of a bigger picture of how the Big Ten failed. Look, I mean, I mentioned Texas. They had two, three seeds lose in West Virginia and, and Texas. But, mm-hmm. like, West Virginia losing to Syracuse, are they the same as Abilene Christian? Of course not. Like, Beheim, you called it, Steve, during the ACC tournament. Watching them play, you're like, nobody wants anything to do with Syracuse right now. Nope. It's amazing how they they and Oregon in particular, I don't care what they're on the regular season. They have an ability to get to, to, get to March and flip a switch, and it's Altman and Beheim. Um, and, man, there's a lot of fan bases out there that would love to figure out, like, what are you guys doing over there? Huh? Yeah. How, how, do you, how do you cook that up? How do you cook that up and get to that second weekend? But, I mean – the, 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 those conferences failed. Your conference, Conference of Champions, has been spectacular. I mean, I think it's easy to say, and having watched them during the regular season, oh, we should have seen this coming. But, like, think, think back to the fall. We thought Arizona State was going to be good. They weren't. Mm-hmm. Arizona recruited well. They were in a weird deal because they did the self-imposed thing. But, Mm -hmm. like, Oregon had COVID issues. USC lost games that I have no idea how they lost them in retrospect. But I feel like it's a little bit – and I'm guilty of it too. I think it's really easy now to be like, oh, you know, watching them play, man, they had some teams. Nobody was telling you the Pac-12 was going to dominate this weekend. Nobody. Mm -mm. Um, Here's a couple things that I just wanted to say because I felt like this is an argument – or not an argument, but it's a point that's made – against the Pac-12 a lot, and I hear it all. And it goes back to college football. And in college football, we know we have the unbalanced schedules and teams playing how many conference games and all that. And year after year, I sit and take it from SEC, Big Ten, (laughs) everybody. They just give it to you. Oh, my God, how could you go to Corvallis and lose? And now I hear this, was the Big Ten too tough of a conference tournament or a conference schedule because they played 20 games. You, you can't use that for the bashing that you gave the PAC 12 for all those years playing college football. When they play everybody, play everybody in the conference. That's that, that's the deal. You play, you play as many conference games as possible. You're not trying to take that week off, uh, you know, in the sec before your, your rivalry game. Uh, You know, we do have rivalries in the PAC 12 too. I don't know if the sec knows about that, but I don't, I don't want to hear that argument anymore. And it, and it, and it just goes crazy. Like, how could you go to Corvallis and lose? Like, Hey, sorry, man. Like it's not a great place to play. 
You know, like, how about you give the team that one credit? It, it, when when top-rated teams or top-ranked teams in the Pac-12 lose, they just get looked fr- down upon. Whereas, you know, in the SEC, if somebody else goes on the road and loses, like, oh, my God, that's the toughest place to play in the world. So tough. And I get it. The passion of the fan base and, and the sellout and the tickets and the stadiums, it's a whole different deal. But it just you, you can't do that. And all I've asked continuously through this whole time is an opportunity. And the Pac-12 continue to get the opportunity. They had teams coming in that were playing well. Nobody really knew it. Like UCLA, people go back. They're in first place the whole year. And then they blew it at the end, losing four straight. And guess who's in the Sweet 16? UCLA. I will say this. I w- you know We had Farnham on last night. We had some fun just going back to the last time the, you know, the Pac-12 had this many teams in the Sweet 16. And I was in college. I was at every Stanford home game in Maples. I was at, you know, the Arizona game, I believe in 97, you know, they come in, Stanford's undefeated. Arizona has one loss that I think it was in the Maui championship and Mike Bibby's on the team and that whole crew, Miles Simon's coming in. And all of a sudden, right before tip off, here comes Magic Johnson's walking in. And it's like, holy like this is big time. Um, and this is like it, that excitement. Like we had, we had all those teams in there. I was in college for the Stanford final four run. I was in college for the Arizona, the last championship. Like it's, it's just good to see. Cause you could see there's some life out there and it's like, Hey, you know, don't forget about us out here. We do have some players and I'm a Stanford fan and I'm just looking at, I watch them every game and I'm like, well, that's why we can't win. Cause we can't score with these teams. And then you saw them at, you know, Colorado against Georgetown, they could have beat the nets that night. Um, they were incredible. Oregon State has just, I don't know where they got this, but like, I, you know, I heard a couple of people throwing the efficiency numbers around, like they weren't even in the top whatever. And now they're, you know, one of the top efficiency teams in the tournament. So it's just really, really cool to see. Uh, and it just goes back to me with, with that opportunity. And now, you know, you got to make, you get an opportunity, you make the most of it. And uh, these teams have, and it's just awesome to see. I thought it was Stanford Steve waving the Conference of Champions banner, deservedly so. Having said all you just said, and I would mm-hmm. I would quibble with none of it, all right? No arguments mm-hmm. with any of it. Here's what I want to know now. Do you believe any of those teams, the four remaining Pac-12 teams, do you believe any of them can win four more games? Uh, oof. The problem is, is the two I'm – most confident are Play playing each other. against each other. Yeah. And that's USC and Oregon. I mean, USC is doing stuff that, I mean, and it, it, it kind of makes it it's like, oh, you know, how could you trust USC? And then, like, all the gambling guys, you know, I, I'm listening to uh, guys in Vegas. He's undefeated in, Mar- in the NCAA tournament against the spread. Like, Enfield's why are never, you believing in him? Enfield's <laughs> never not covered. Look, they destroyed oh. Kansas. I oh. mean – like Kansas, every which uh, way possible. They're not, th- yeah, they're not vintage, fine, but like Kansas doesn't get debacled like that. And they got trucked. And Oregon, you know, they ran with Iowa and ran them off the floor. And they do have to, by by, you know, definition, one of them will mm-hmm. get eliminated. I'm not. I, the reason I asked the question that way is is not to, um, not to try to blow out the Pac-12's candle. I'm just no, looking at I'm looking at at the remain cuz look, they're they're great stories. Oral Roberts is a wonderful story. And Aismas is a score leads the nation in scoring. Oh, Banner's been I thought the better of the best player they've had. Like Couldn't agree more. He's the reason that they've beaten Ohio State and Florida cuz that dude is capable of hitting threes and going down low and banging or whatever else. But like 
like there's there's first weekend stories. Oh, Scott, week- Scott, well, I know people can't see this and I can't see you, uh-huh. but I just want to show you this shirt that I got. See it? See the what it says? Robert University. Yeah. You got that? Yeah. That's for our producer. Could- oh, okay. I just wanted to get away. I just want to make sure you're still with us. Travis is in Ohio State. I'm here. <laughs> wait, wait, before we move on, which Big Ten team do you feel the worst for? Like, I feel bad for Travis. I feel bad for, the, like, for Holtman. Like, like they, they don't lose that game again. Like, if ever. No. They had the, they're up four with the ball twice, turned it over. I have no idea how they lost that game. Free throws. Yeah. Free Washington, throws. Washington, That's Washington what, went, that was their Washington MO the entire year was up four and well, blow they, it. Yeah, they couldn't close. Washington was so good during the year, and he had a miserable game. But um, Purdue's which, up there. I don't feel as bad for them. Like they got a bunch of young dudes. Like I, okay. I think I think it's Iowa and Illinois for me. Like I don't I don't even know which way to go there. I just Iowa for me. That's crushing. They don't Iowa even make the me. second weekend, and that's I, I want to say this. Is, I'm wrong here, Scott, but I've said it a couple of times. That program hasn't made the Sweet Sixteen since '99. That's Arkansas. Arkansas hadn't since '96 when the must the must must got in there and like look at that game. Like oh, Texas man. Tech missed like Ooh. 20 shots at the rim. And I mean that's a coin flip game. So many of these games felt like coin flips, which is like, hey, like Alabama makes 16 threes, our guys get beat badly. I'd rather lose like that than like Rutgers because like that that Rutgers loss. Oh. I don't know how you, I don't know how you get over it. Oh. Like you get you get beat by a, a two seed that makes 16 threes. You just go well. Sh- they could have beat the Pacers that night in that building. Like I, I'm, I don't, I can't get mad. I mean, they were I, two. They played to their ceiling. But I have a question lose, about that game. Yeah. Okay. Um. You know, obviously Shashevsky's done it in the past, and you know, people say what they want, but you know, the, the old saying, taking the air out of the ball. When you're up four like that, don't you want to run the clock down? Yes, but I think and Gary Williams had the had the, a very interesting sort of conversation with me where he's trying to explain that the hardest thing to do in coaching is coach with the lead. He mm-hmm. said, when you're down, easiest thing in the world is to play desperate. Yeah. You, you, you don't have to feign desperation. It's real. Hardest thing to do is to keep playing the way you played to build a lead when really your biggest opponent becomes the clock. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I mean, sure. Like, but really like Johnson had a point blank dunk to go up 10 yeah. And they missed it. And then he had a ball on a rebound where he tried to slam it off the Houston defender. And if he just drops it off of him, he's laying right beneath and they get the ball back. <laughs> like every single thing had to go wrong for Rutgers to lose. But that's what happens in these tournaments. And these one-off games become, you know, sweeping declarations about entire conferences. And then here, you know, you and me and everybody else around the country is here left to sort of sort through and sift through the wreckage. And they have the Big Ten has one left, a one, Michigan. The Big 12 has one left, the one. Baylor. And I guess when I asked you about the big 12, excuse me, the PAC 12, Steve, what I really wanted to get to is this. How many teams that are left do you believe can win four games? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, it's not many for two. me. Like I, I All right, I'll give you an example. Is Arkansas one? I don't believe they can win four more games because okay. I'm looking, I'm looking a lot of it has to do with path and, and who you'd have to beat. Like, I think, I think Alabama could like, I agree. I, I think Alabama absolutely could the, their style of play is spread you out and we're going to shoot. Now they're going to, they're nights when they struggle from three, no doubt they make 16 and they're beating anybody. Mm-hmm. And the thing I'll say about Michigan and they're one who I believe can, they will eat your best punches. They'll eat them. 
and they don't flinch, man. LSU was throwing haymakers, oh. and Michigan <laughs> ate it, and they kept coming. I, the Maryland game that where all the stuff happened between the coaches, that game was so much fun um, early. Like, Maryland's playing as well as they can play. They're up a dozen. Michigan just is like, okay, let me know. Let me know if you can keep going for 40, because we can. Like, I think Michigan's on the list that can win it. I think Bama is. Gonzaga clearly is. Yep. Baylor, for me, clearly is. Yep. And then I don't know, and and this isn't, I want people that are listening to hear what I'm saying. I'm not saying you can't win four. I'm saying, do I believe you can win four? Anyone could, in theory. But I'm saying it's a really small group that I truly believe are capable of winning four more games. I'm trying to think of who else I'll put in that group right now. Can you Um, put Houston in there? They're banged up at the moment. Yeah. And and watching them struggle with Rutgers is is seeping into my brain right now. Like, mm-hmm. look, you could look at their region and say, well, they've got the 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 theoretically the easiest, right? There, who's in their region? Like, who's their path? Yeah. Um, Loyola's Loyola. Like, do, who do you favor in that region right now? Loyola. That's what I'm saying, man. I know it's it's it's. All, all and just speaking of that region, um, you know, obviously we have Oregon State and Loyola and Syracuse and Houston. Um, I, I'm dying to see the zone of Syracuse against Loyola because I think that's the only way you could beat Loyola. I really do. I think they're that good offensively. We talked about how precise they are with everything. Um, that's that's the biggest, even Oral Roberts, take them all, even Creighton. The biggest surprise to me if in this next round. It would be if Oregon State beat Loyola. Yeah, I don't know how that would happen. I don't see uh, it. Florida State's out there going, "Hey, look, you know, I mean, they're, they're <laughs> that's another Leonard, Leonard's Leonard's team is another group that always seems to find their very best this time of year, and that's what every fan base wants. They want to feel like they can get to this second weekend with a chance. It, there's so many coin flips, mm-hmm. um, but but for, like Florida State. They they take the they take the coin flip off and out of the equation. I mean, they were they were pretty much better than Colorado throughout. Um, to me, Scott, just to jump in on them again because I, I I they're fascinating to me because think about how what happened to them in the first round. And I know people are going to say, "Oh, it's UNC Greensboro." They didn't make a three. They didn't make. They couldn't make a three pointer, and they win by double digits. Uh-huh. Like the, like so many teams in this position in this round in this tournament just fold and just keep chucking like that 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 showed me a ton with Florida State and uh I'm really really interested to see how they match up you know personnel wise with Michigan because like you say Michigan Michigan doesn't go in too many scoring droughts and, and they're they're a bastard to guard speaking uh, of but, fascinating matchups how about how about Jay and Villanova <laughs> kind of figuring some things out and look they get North Texas instead of Purdue all mm-hmm. credit to North Texas for how they beat Purdue, but then Nova shreds them. Okay. Like that yep. you got, you got your shining moment mm-hmm. and then you got rocked. Okay. So now here's Nova. They lose Gillespie. Everybody writes them off. And now I'm not saying they got a buy. I'm, I'm not, I will not disrespect uh, North Texas that way. No, they, they, they're, they're worthy of it. But like, it, if you ask Jay candidly, would you have rather played Purdue or North Texas in that game? I promise you the answer is who they got to play. And now he's got a week to try to figure out what to do with Baylor and Nova's small and they'll play you small. Mm. Um, 
and but Baylor's p- capable of going, d- dealing with all of that too. I just, I'm, I don't know if, I don't know if Nova's got enough to, um, to hang because that they watching Baylor play like Wisconsin played well, but once they were down no seven ten, there's just there's no getting closer because Baylor, what they run and who they've got on the floor, they're just they're not going to hit droughts. I keep talking about this like teams have these. TV timeout to TV timeout stretches where they only score two, where they don't score any. Not Baylor. Mm-mm. Not Baylor. Like, no. You might be close, and then they'll they'll outscore you like 12 to 2 in between a TV time, and the game's over. Like, all they need is one good TV timeout to beat you. Um, th- that's that's going to be an interesting one, but I, I, I do I think Nova can win four more games? I mean, I've seen Jay's teams do it. I just – I don't know how they do it without Gillespie. Um I'm just mm. again. I I I I can't convince myself of all these fun stories of who else is capable of winning four games. Two, that'd be a lot. You get to a final four, winning four, like that's the thing about this tournament that's so crazy. And Mike Shishovsky, that the, the the way he explained it, like three two game tournaments is such a such an interesting thing. But it's the truth. Yeah. Like, are are you? And then once you win that first one last week, that scout, that quick turnaround, can you figure it out? And now it's a little different because now, like, you know, now you're, you've got people working on everybody you could possibly play for the rest of the way here. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's no surprises. You eliminate you. Now you can narrow, you look at your path and start familiarizing yourself with who might we play. Um, But the ability for for staffs and players to keep their eye on the prize in the moment, try to win the one that earns you the right to win that regional final and then get to a, you know, a final four. I, I just, the, sto- the stories are fun, but it's a lot like golf. There's guys that can have the lead in a major on a Thursday or Friday. You know, come Saturday or Sunday, that, that oxygen becomes hard to find. Yeah, uh, no doubt about it. I, 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 I would love to do, like, you know, after the fact, but just following around Villanova's coaching staff this week just to see how they go. Because they're versatile as hell. Uh, you know, and Robinson Earls could do everything. Uh-huh. I just, I just want to see how – they go about things and trying to take a bit like Baylor's not the biggest team. Like, do they try and spread things out and get him going inside? Like to me, that's the, that's the stuff that's fascinating uh, with the match. What that, what's Mick Cronin doing? I mean, he's, he's pulled out some unbelievable games here in this tournament. Like what's he doing, getting ready, watching Alabama and what they looked like last night. Like Man. that's because, because in a big way, I, I, I think it's a big thing, you know, especially with film study, with these kids now is you got to harness this thing because everybody's watching the games and you don't want to show them too much of the other teams. Good. Like, you know, a lot of it's a lot about yourself and knowing what you have to do, but man, that, that, that was, that was an onslaught last night by, by Alabama. Um, and I just, I, I getting like hot. I don't, I don't know. Like, <laughs> How do they go about – it's like they have seven guys on the court sometimes. Yeah, it, it's, it, it was not great. It wasn't great. I just want to say a shout to uh, to PGA Tour star Justin Thomas, who uh, I had a $2.7 million bet with. That he, he tweeted it. I just get him lunch at Augusta and we're good. So um, I appreciate him allowing me off to wiggle off the hook there. It was, you know, what's actually actually interesting is that I sent him a, a text to say, "Hey, man, you know, obviously, uh, like, do you take checks?" Um, and and he said, "I just hope we can keep it going." And and he and I said, "You know, what's wild is, it's it's not unlike golf. Like, you see somebody shoot sixty four in a round on Thursday. One of the hardest things in the PGA Tour to do 
is shoot another great score the next day. Same person, same course. Why don't you, why can't you go shoot a great score the next day? Nobody has a really great explanation for it. Now in basketball, clearly playing Maryland and playing UCLA, it's a different team, but you're the same team. And so why would you maybe not shoot it as well the next game? Well, because it's sports are odd. Like this tournament's a one-off. You get 40 minutes on the clock. What are you, what can you do with those 40 minutes? Um, but look, watching Bama play, that's why their, their style and the way Oates prioritizes get to the rim, protect yeah. the rim, shoot threes. I mean, they're, they're a, a, they're a snapshot of what modern basketball can look like. You just have to have the right people in position to do it. And like Quinterly, who's, you know, five-star guy that's bounced around some, he played like the guy that everybody in America coveted in that game, setting up all these guys. But you get a lot of assists when you throw it to dudes that make shots, right? Like you get credit no for the assist. Those dudes had to make those shots. Um, but I mean, Bama, Michigan, Gonzaga, Baylor, I feel like they clearly show that their ceilings are hard to, hard to catch. There are other teams that, you know, maybe you can hang with them. But, but do you have enough to beat them? Um, and that's, that's what makes this tournament fascinating is that the, there's fun stories and we celebrate them. Uh, we celebrate the upsets and all the teams that, uh, that got to enjoy shining moments that turned into longer stays than maybe they would have thought. But, um, you know, in the end, it's teams that have got, uh, I think, familiarity with one another and, um, and that talent that is, is unique. Um, unique does, is rare, I should say. Uh, gives you a chance to to win six games, which is so so hard to do. Uh, do you hate anything this week, Steve? Of course. Do we tee it up? Yeah, sound effects. I don't know. Maybe Travis's guy. Who knows? He's he's basically tapped out this week. Yeah, he's, he's, he's emotionally baseball season. He's emotionally. Around. No, it's spring football I, I gonna, season. I was going oh, to say, lacro- say la- lacrosse. Oh, I saw Ohio State Terps. got all their numbers today. All the prospects they got their jersey numbers today. We mentioned big, the dirty Terps went, in, in went into Columbus and. Played lacrosse and beat him like 18 to 8 or something like that. No big deal. Thanks, Scott. Steve and I have lengthy lists talking about this guy or this thing or this whatever. Once a week, one thing a week. Here's what I hate. Here's what I hate. Brought to you by DraftKings, America's top-rated daily fantasy app. Download the DraftKings app today and use code SVP to get in on all the action. What do you hate? Do you have something, first of all? I do. All right, good. I'll go second. I'm ready. I'm ready. This one I've said. See, the problem is, Scott, like I'm trying to keep a tally list here. And you know me. I know you. And we've discussed plenty of things in the past of things that we really hate. So you've heard this one before, I'm sure. But I'm not sure everybody else does. And watching the tournament, Mm -hmm. it made me realize it even more. Mm-hmm. But I hate the phrase "let's go." Every freaking person let's says go! it. Age, oh god, on a text. Uh, all the players, the managers underneath the hoop that are celebrating hoops. Let's go. You're not going anywhere. Get the towel for the players. All right. Can we come up with something new besides "let's go"? That's all what? I ask. I refuse to say it. I'm only saying it because I hate it. I can't stand the phrase, let's go. What if you put f- in the middle? Let's. F- I don't up. like it. No, I don't want those two words. Let's give me go. a let's give me a let's get it. 
let you know, let's go get one something, not let's go. Every watch Hold a game. On. What you're saying right now is, talk is or take dumb. some texts, no. and everybody says it. Everybody. Let's get it. No one's let's, yelling. Let's get it, Steve. Something, anything else. Let's go. Let's let's do something good. <laughs> let's try to keep winning the game. What do you want him to do? It's easy. Give me the ball again. How about that? Let's go. Uh, Everyone does yell, let's go. Thank you. Just well, I'm just, you know, putting a lot of people out there because they and don't you realize see it, it. You see it in slow-mo and you see it. And I just uh, and I know how much you hate it. All right. Uh, I, here's what I hate. Um, Steve providing the comedy. I'm providing a little bit of the seriousness, but I, I mean it. I here's what I hate. I hate the end. I hate the end of the season. I because it's the end of of careers and the end is so difficult. I, I was trading messages with the coach who, whose team fell short and, and he and his team were just, they were crushed, just crushed. And you could relate to this so much better than I having. And I always refer to it just because I think it's worth reminding people like your last game is the Rose bowl. Like I'm, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's your last game. So you know what the end feels like. Mm-hmm. And so for, for these players and the journey and and the career, particularly like for the four-year guy, like seeing Luca Garza, he couldn't oh. have played better. He oh. couldn't have played better. Brutal. And and seeing him with Fran, and thinking back to when he came on here, and wh- I mean, what a absolutely an admirable young man. The kind of young man that, like, I think you said it. You got three daughters. I got a daughter. Like someday, if that guy knocks on the door and says, you know, he wants to take out my Lila, your Lily, <laughs> your Cece, your you know, your Livy, like you'd be like, all right, man, like. I, I, I just, you'd be happy. You'd be thrilled and seeing the end come. Um, I just hate it because mm. this sport and this year was, was really interesting for this Kentucky, Carolina, Duke, they dominated the top 50 rankings guys that were supposed to come in. These freshmen is supposed to be great. And there's reasons why it didn't translate. I talked about it on the show. People weren't together. They, they didn't have summer. They didn't have a chance to bond. You had to figure it out on the fly. And it didn't work for those teams. Like those guys that were supposed to be great, uh, like Kentucky and Duke, they won't be like that again, I don't think. Mm -hmm. But the schools where you're lucky enough to get to know guys for a couple of years, maybe at at Gonzaga, you're lucky enough to have Kispert for four. Um, Baylor's got a bunch of guys that have been in the program for three and four years. Uh, Michigan's got some guys that have been in the program for a while. you, you get to – you watch them grow and evolve. And not surprisingly, I see things through a Maryland lens. I see a kid like Daryl Morsell. He's a Baltimore guy. When he got there, you know, he was unsteady, of, unsure of certain things. By the time he's a senior, he's the Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year. He's a leader. He's a vocal, you know, force. And when it was over, he talked about it. He said it was surreal. And you think, man, here's a, here's a young guy that you watch become a young man. And when you're lucky enough to see them grow up and give you whatever they've got for those four years, like I know that there are people out there that like the NBA better. I understand why it's a better product, Mm -hmm. but if you, if you're invested in the journey and you get to watch these young people, and again, you would understand it more having seen guys you came in with, they were like a pimply faced freshman. And then Mm -hmm. they leave as like a, you know, grown man with a beard and a, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and a, a plan for life. I just, I hate when it ends. And I always say the same thing. One shining moment happens to two teams 
and nobody ever thinks about the other side of it. Like people just are happy for Oral Roberts. Like, sure, that's great. Imagine being Ohio State. Imagine being Florida. You know, like it's over. And and the thing about sports is that you're so ill prepared for it because when the 40 minutes start in your mind, you're like if we we can get 40 more minutes, right? Mm-hmm. That that's still there. The hope for 40 more minutes is still there. And then it's zero zeros on the clock and it's over. And I just, I don't know. I hate it. I hate not having something to look forward to. Um, I just, I don't know. I, I, you, when you invest in, in the journeys, when they just end so abruptly, that's why I like the gravest Vasquez thing when Michigan state beat them. I, I got, I'm not, I'm not joking. Like, I don't know. I don't know how I'll ever get over that one. I love that kid so much, man. And it, Corey Lucius hit a shot and it was, that was it. That was it. And that's that's this tournament more than any other thing we have in sports. This tournament is the abrupt end. Uh, and the, I guess what I love and what I hate are right there side by side. So that's what I hate. The end. All right. I got a couple more questions for you. All right. All right. You're going on the spot. Here we go. Let's, hold on, Steve. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go, Steve. I'm ready, Steve. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> oh, God. Let's go. All right. All right. Ready? All right. All right. Let's go. How much do you like the 3D puppets dancing on CBS? I mean, I want you to, you know me for a long time. I want you to imagine I'm working on that. And they say, Scott, we're going to do a thing where you stand up and dance. I want to tell, tell people what my answer would be to that. If you could see me right now, it would be Scott taking the mic off of his tie, putting it on the desk, unplugging his earpiece, taking that off and walking out the studio. That's how that would go. I wouldn't. I, I, it's, you know what? It's not for me. Okay. It's not. You wouldn't say, you wouldn't say, let's go. I I would, I would just go. It's like modern rap. That's that, those, those, it's not for me. It's not supposed to be for me. So that's okay. Very simple. Um, What's going to be better about this Masters than the last one? People, patrons, applause. It won't be a ton. Just that. That place is special. Um, mm-hmm. The like is, it, the easy answer would be azaleas, you know, in the fall, I clearly don't have that. The ambiance, the aesthetic, but you need you need the emotion, the energy. You've got to have the energy that that place provides, and the and the the people provide it. So that's what will make okay. it better. All right, this is the most important one. Okay, are you ready? I've never asked you this question before. Wow, a momentous moment in the history of our relationship. Have you ever bought jeans with holes in them? (laughs) No, no, but I I definitely, I bought it. I bought some jeans. (laughs) I bought some jeans in like a store in Miami that had like a distressed sort of, no, that just like an area near the pocket that was like purposely sort of frayed, like a little bit worn out. Does that make sense? So there's yeah. like a little bit of a worn out area, like near a pocket, but no, I no. Why? What, what made you think about that? I was with a couple of your friends this past week. And one of them thinks he's this stylist guy and had a pair of tight trousers on with some holes in it. And I was like, wow, that, uh, that was amazing. And I had to ask you if you ever did that. Uh, you asked I, me I did. about, Pac-12, who can win four games? Um, my answer, I don't know if I got to say it, but it, it would be the winner of the Oregon 
USC game. I have one last one for you. Bonus. This is very important. Will Syracuse, Oral Roberts, or Villanova win another game? Um, Villanova, I, I don't believe they can beat Baylor. Mm. Syracuse might. They play Houston. Yeah. Sy- Syracuse might. Oral Roberts had a lead on Arkansas uh, in the regular season, and then Arkansas ended up winning going away. Uh, yeah, Sir, Sir, will they? You're asking, can they? Or you're not? You're not asking, can they? You're asking, will they? Will they? It's very important for. Uh, oh, I understand for certain. The old Calcutta. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh, I think. I Syracuse has got that look, man. They got the look of a team that's that their buddy buddy's a bucket. Buddy Bucket's got to cook it. Yeah, I, I, maybe I, I think Syracuse can get you one. How about All that? Right. And go. if they do, maybe you know what you do? You know how you celebrate those winnings? You go out, you get yourself some jeans with a hole in them. <laughs> Stanford I mean, Steve's holy would jeans. Would you ever see me wearing a pair of jeans with a hole in them? Some big old dungarees with a hole in them. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Dungarees. Dun- you know what? That's what you want to st- that's that's gonna be a new trend. Start calling jeans dungarees. There the we go. Two. Dungarees. Get the corduroys right. back. We're uh, we're at work. Um, we have a show to do, and we have yep. to go tape another show. Apparently, so um, that's the end of this podcast. Congrats to the teams that are still playing. Remember this: it's hard to win. It's hard to win. It's a one-off. Be if you've got forty more minutes right now, celebrate them because they're. Uh, it means you haven't gotten to the end yet. So make it last as long as you can. <laughs>